Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There is so much more to Amber Live than just the amazing interviews that drag queen Amber LeMay does each week. We have hundreds of interviews and comedy sketches online already, and you can watch them all on YouTube. But in the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Yes, one of the great things about having this job is meeting some super cool people. And my next guest is one of them. They call him the, the gay leadership dude. Hmm, I wonder why. Let's find out. Come on in, Steve. Hi, oh, Steve. Hello, Amber. How are you? I'm doing well. So it's Dr. Steve Yacovelli, correct? Very well said. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. So why in the heck would someone call you the gay leadership dude? <laughs> because I am the gay leadership dude. If you notice on my thing, it's circle R. So I have the trademark. I'm the only one. <laughs> in this country. Now, now, did you give yourself that name or did I, someone I, say, Ooh. no, I did. I, actually, when I was writing my latest book, Pride Leadership, um, my publisher said, you know, you need some sort of brand thing. And, and I'm so I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, let's do the gay leadership dude because you immediately know three things about me that I'm gay, <laughs> that I uh, self-identify as a dude, and I like to talk about leadership. So it makes the intros that much easier. All right. We'll get into your book, but let's let's work up to the book. Now, what where what led you to do this book and become the gay leadership dude? So I've been doing consulting in some way, shape, or form for you know all my career. So it's been three years, which has been amazing. Uh, no, it's, it's been like twenty five years. I have good lighting, um, but uh, but you know, like I've worked internally as a leadership consultant at Disney, at IBM, and Tupperware Brands, and then I went out on my own back in um, two thousand and eight, which was a phenomenal time to start a business. But I, I've always been part of helping people be better and more effective leaders, and I've been doing that for mostly for Fortune five hundred large not-for-profits and decided that I wanted to kind of spin that and really help our community and, and help the queer folks be even more awesome leaders. And that's kind of where the gay leadership dude kind of sub-brand, if you will, kind of came into play. That's super. So you said you've worked at what, Disney, Tupperware? Um, that's great. What did you do with them or for them? All of them were, were kind of the same job. I was always in like the leadership function, helping the you know, my, my internal clients um, be better at leadership, better at um, working with their people, providing feedback, instilling um, you know a, a motivational type culture. Uh, and then I really started moving into the intersection of inclusive leadership. So it's you know how does a leader make their team feel more welcomed and, and have that sense of belonging in the workplace? Okay, so what makes a good leader? Ooh, that's like the gazillion dollar question in a great way, Amber. <laughs> um, but a, a smart leader, when you boil everything down to it, a smart leader uh, fosters trust within their team. And, and so that could be just by, by listening more than talking. It could be asking those open-ended questions. It could be just, just having that rapport with the team members. But fostering trust is the, the, the golden opportunity for any leader. 
And um, how do you know when uh, you've established that trust? Uh, it, I think it manifests itself in a lot of different ways where, um, for example, when there's something that's not the way it's supposed to be, people are okay to come up and say, hey, you know what, Leader Steve, um, we need help here or, or you know, not hide the facts under the carpet. Um, people will, will celebrate uh, the right things. People will provide that feedback to you when even you as the leader mess up. I think those are some of the great ways that, that trust manifests itself in the workplace. Very good. All right. So um, has things changed in leadership over the past 15 months with uh, COVID? You know, it, it's a fantastic question. And I think it has. Um, what you've seen is uh, an opportunity for, for folks to kind of have these little tiny windows into our respective worlds. And and if if you were a smart leader, you you leverage that. You got use that as a way to build rapport with your team members uh, and really kind of see what's going on. I mean, you know, you can't see because I have my green screen here, but you know, if I didn't do it, there might have been a puppy running behind me, uh, or you know, some of your coworkers might have kids running around because they have the things. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You see that authenticity within the context of the employee uh, or the team member, and smart leaders were were using that to their advantage to really build rapport and also help foster uh, a sense of community within those that are like working via distance. All right. Give me the top three things a bad leader does. <laughs> uh, probably the first one would be micromanaging because micromanaging undermines trust. Um, the second one would be a, 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 a not so good leader engages in what we call silent collusion. That's where um, someone says like a crappy remark, like, you know, you all women drive and the leader doesn't refute that or doesn't defend that, that lets that statement slide. Um, great way to undermine your own trust and credibility in the workplace. And I think that the third way was um, kind of along the same lines as micromanaging, but not, not delegating a task and not letting the, the team member really take it and run with it. You know, it kind of gets to that micromanaging, but it's a little bit different nuance where they uh, just don't have that trust uh, for that team member to kind of do what they need to do. All right. So you're the gay leadership dude. Are you? Do you focus on gay leadership or are you the gay guy they bring in, the straight people bring in to handle their gays. <laughs> the gaggle of gays, yes. Um, yes to both, actually. Um, so what Top Dog Learning Group does is we, we, we like I said, we deal with, with larger um, Fortune 500 companies. You, know, you can see kind of some of our fun um, logos here with some of the folks we, we've played around with, the leaders that we've we focused on. And and so, so yeah, in this case, me or, you know, I'm, I'm the gay one on my team. I have a team of top doggers, as I like to call them. Uh, we go in and, and work with folks from a leadership perspective. That's kind of one half of the coin. Uh, and the other, the other side of the coin or the rainbow or whatever you want to call it is me um, working with LGBTQ plus leaders. And that that's what I, I love to do, especially that kind of falls under that gay leadership dude where I really want to focus on uh, personally focus on developing the leadership awesomeness of our community. All right. So you seem like a very positive, upbeat person. Uh, <laughs> yes. So um, are you a, um, a motivational speaker? Do you give presentations? I, I do. I, I um, it, It's funny because I've, I've always done that type of work, but we really made a solid effort to make my keynote speaking signature talks really be awesome and come out with the book, you know, which pun intended, 2019 is when Pride Leadership came out. And I had all these great keynotes signed up for 2020. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> but... Uh, because my doctorate's in distance learning, I was able to use this kind of technology and not only salvage those, but really blow them up. And it's been really awesome. Like this month alone, I've done, I think, like 18 uh, signature talks, keynotes, and it's for a lot of 
Fortune 500s, a lot of their employee resource groups um, celebrating pride because, hey, gay leadership dude, tick, you know, kind of bring it in. <laughs> and um, and that's that's been really exciting because, you know, I'm, my not so hidden agenda is to help make the world a bit more inclusive through the lens of leadership, whether that be a queer leader or an awesome ally. That's that's kind of my jam. What's the most difficult people, uh, not difficult people, what's the most difficult thing that, um, let's say, non-gay or queer uh, leaders have dealing with their gay queer employees? Yeah, I, one of our, our um, signature, signature programs we do is, is it's kind of like a whole day program when we could, could go on site. Now I've turned it into a, a four-part, um, four two-hour each um, concept on really understanding your own unconscious bias as a leader, really understanding that the concept of privilege or advantage, um, equity versus equality, some really cool, cool items. And the challenge is, is when there's people who are, um, I like to use the term voluntold to be in the session. You know, they, they aren't there willingly, uh, but they're there and they want to play stump the teacher all the time, you know, like, or, you know, well, why does this matter? You know, I, there, I saw a bunch of stuff on social media today when, um, uh, the gentleman came out, uh, the, who's playing football player. Yes. Uh, yes. Who's adorable by the way. Yay. <laughs> yeah. We got him. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, just, just the horrible negative comments. Why does this matter? It's like, that's the reason why it matters. And I see that in, in, in my programs as well, where you really have to sell people on, you know, there's a reason why even you white cisgender dudes are here to be an awesome ally. Let me show you the way. And, and if nothing else, it makes your business better when you are inclusive. So at least come, come from that perspective. And usually they can get on that one. Thanks for listening to this interview. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live, reminding you that we stream live on YouTube every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the hundreds of past interviews and all the comedy sketches from our past shows. And remember to subscribe to us on YouTube so you don't miss a single new episode of Amazing Guests and Comedy. You can find us at youtube.com slash amberlive. So did you say you had a degree in long distance learning? I do. My doctorate's in instructional technology and distance education, but I got it before distance ed was cool in 2005. <laughs> Who made that up? <laughs> so, well, it's funny because distance education has been around for, for a long time. If you remember, and I'm dating myself, Sally Struthers selling her TV VCR repair studies over the, the internet or over the TV and correspondence. Correspondence courses were distance learning, just a different medium. And so you flash forward now, distance ed's been around a while. We're just using different tools and approaches to make distance learning happen. So ding, ding, ding. This is our 67th show, and you're the first person to mention Sally Struthers. <laughs> <laughs> Love being in my 50s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, tell me more about your book. Why, why, why should I buy your book? Well, if you want to be a leader, um, which is you know, pride leadership, um, pride leadership strategies for the LGBTQ plus leaders to be the king or queen of their jungle. Um, it, it's kind of a fun story how it happened. I was at a conference, uh, actually the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce a couple of years ago. And I'm outside of, of a session kind of sorting my business cards. And there's a woman next to me kind of doing the same thing. And she's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, consulting, blah, blah, blah. How about you? She's like, well, I'm a publisher. I'm like, you know, there's a leadership book in my head. It needs to come out. She's like, let's get that book out. And, and so I started going down the path of writing just a kind of generic leadership book based upon what I've seen over 25 plus years. And then, you know, I do a lot of social justice work with, you know, just like many of us do volunteer work, make, make our world more equitable. Um, and, and so I'm now looking at all my queer leadership brothers and sisters doing the work. And do you remember Sex in the City, Amber? You know, oh, yes. Of course, yeah. 
So my inner Carrie Bradshaw went off and it's like, I couldn't help but wonder. And it's like, I couldn't help but wonder, is there something about being a queer leader that gives you a different opportunity to exercise your leadership skills than our straight brothers and sisters? And that's kind of how Pride Leadership came about, where I argue that of, of the six um, leadership competencies that I talk about within the book, um, looking at things such as uh, authenticity, uh, look at um, uh, leadership courage, having empathy, effective communication, building relationships and shaping culture, we as queer people have an opportunity to to exercise those a little bit differently. So if I'm a, I don't know how whether people do it with green screens, by the way, that's amazing. I appreciate it. But you know, looking <laughs> at um, authenticity, you know, if I'm an out man at work, if I'm a, a trans person at the workplace being my authentic self, that's amazing. And how do you channel that, that uh, competency to be a better leader, you know, same with courage. Well, gosh, if I'm an out person at work, that's already courageous. And so what does it look like that I can channel that energy to be a more effective leader? That's kind of the gist of the book. And that is, um, uh, okay, um, how many uh, CEOs or large um, people who are up in a, a big uh, Fortune 500 company are gay and lesbian? Yeah. But I wish it was more, uh, or who are out. And that's, that's, oh, you know, what's the oh. HRC, um, study, at least in 2018, uh, the latest was like 50% of our brothers and sisters are, are out at work 50% still. Now I don't know the data with the new SCOTUS ruling from last year, but still that's a big chunk of folks who are in the closet. And so how can we make that happen differently if we can? All right. So how many times a year were you leaving Florida? That's where your home base in Florida. Yes. Were you leaving to do these uh, speeches and uh, these uh, commentaries or uh, opening remarks at conferences? Pre-COVID, -pre um, eh, it was probably about 20-ish, 25% of my time. Um, during COVID, obviously I didn't get on an airplane, but it's been about 50% of my work in a great way. Um, there's also like, we, we also have a, an eight week online training program that goes with the book that's intended for queer leaders as well. And that's actually been getting a lot of good um, fun press. And it's cool because it's it's always been planned to be virtual. So it doesn't matter with COVID. We can all hang out as leaders, learn from each other, and then kind of go back to our virtual ways and, and kind of do our thing. So tell me more about that eight, eight week course. Yeah, so it's called uh, the Lions Program, which stands for a leader's immersive opportunity to nurture strengths because former Disney, I needed some cheeky marketing way to kind of tie <laughs> it in. Um, but the idea is, is it takes the, um, the six leadership competencies and kind of wraps it around with two additional modules to really focus on diving deeper uh, into these competencies. So, you know, module number one talks about, you know, how can you build your authenticity and what are things that you can do to play with it right now and apply it. And, and so then you go and, and do some things for a week and then you come back for the next module, which say it's courage or whatever. And um, it's been really fun. What I've liked yeah. about it most is the fostering of relationships that's happened because it's a lot of people from different companies. And so they meet each other and they start to build their own queer professional network, you know, beyond the borders of their own company. And I, it's just so fun to watch. And allies are loving it too, which is, you know, my book is, is uh, solid leadership theory with lots of bad dad jokes, because that's just how I roll. Um, because I didn't want a stuffy leadership book. They're annoying and they're boring and they're no fun and you don't remember them. So um, I've, I've heard from a lot of allies who also are, have been in this program. They're like, that's actually fun. And it kind of gives me a little window into the career community. I'm like, double, double win for you there, friend. Nice job. All right. So you've uh, you worked with these different companies that you went out, branched out and created your own company. You wrote a book. Um, what's next? 
Well, I'm working on the, the next book, and, and technically, Pride Leadership is my third. Um, I did, you know, I, I published my dissertation just so I can get the credit, quite frankly. <laughs> so it's on Amazon, and then I wrote a, I, I self-published a book called Overcoming Poopy E-Learning. Um, so here's, thank you for laughing, Amber. That's the reaction I want. Um, <laughs> you said poop. <laughs> I said poop. I said poop on, on, on the internet. Um, so, but but Pride Leadership was my first, like, working with a real publisher, a bunch of editors, like, it was awesome. So I'm working on the next one, which will kind of still be in the same genre of helping queer leaders be even more awesome. Uh, and then I do I do a lot of blogging and writing. Um, I, I try to do a lot of podcasts and media just to kind of share the wealth. And then um, really working with with developing some other products to really continue to foster and fan the flames of a queer leadership movement, which is again, my not so hidden agenda. Other products, what's what's uh, like training classes, um, different keynote speeches, things that that can support the message of being a consciously inclusive leader out in the workplace. All right. So you did that. You said 20 percent, 20, 25 percent of your uh, job was going out away from Florida to give speeches and things. Yep. Um, and then you did probably a little bit more during the covid. Which did you like better doing it in person or like this? So uh, great question, Amber. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And so, so just so you know, you don't I don't have, have pants on. I have not worn pants since March 13th, 2020. <laughs> no lie. I remember the exact day. And so <laughs> you too. <laughs> so, um, but you know, that, joking aside, it's, it's been fantastic that I can, I can reach so many people sitting here in my home office with my camera. And uh, you know, like, like I, I put it on social media, I did six keynotes just last week alone and it was 1800 people that I touched, so to speak. Um, don't call HR for that one, but, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's cool that that's, that's uh, 1,800 people who now have the, some strategies to be more consciously inclusive to take into their workplaces. And you can't do that when you're, you're physically in the space. Um, and even if you are, if I'm doing it in front of a thousand people at a, you know, a, a conference, how many of them are listening? How many of them are going to apply it? So this is a little bit different story. And I, and I, I, kind, I like both. I get the energy from being on stage. It's fun as I'm sure you can relate. Um, and that's, I do miss that a little bit, but if, if it's sharing the story and the message, that's going to help even a fraction of those people be more inclusive. I think I like the virtual thing. Well, that, that is just great. So um, you've done all that other stuff you have plans for. What would you want to top off your career with? Anything? You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I'm actually starting a, a class tomorrow to be, uh, to be groomed to be a, a board of directors executive for a, a company. You know, who, wherever that is. So it's, it's, I've been wanting to do that for a while. Um, it's kind of the next progression of my development. And so the Harvard has this program, I was accepted to it. And the goal is for, for minority perspective people, minority people to bring a perspective to a board of directors. And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm working towards. So I take, start this class tomorrow. Um, I'm like, it's fun. Cause like I'm on the other side of the classroom for once, usually I'm the one standing up in front. So now it's like, you know, look, read my case studies and stuff. And, and ultimately I want to help um, you know, really diversify the demographic perspectives in the in the boardroom. Um, there's a lot of great people in there. We're slowly getting better representation, but it's slow. And uh, as much as I love my uh, white cisgendered uh, older dudes, um, it's time for them to let the space for us others, whoever that is, to kind of come in and, and take the reins. Well, I can just see in the future great things for you, Dr. Steve Yankovelli. And I just with top dog ever needs a top bitch. Give me a call. Okay. <laughs> noted. Totally noted. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Love talking you. to you. Thank you, Ever. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. 
Wow. I learned a lot, and I think you did too. If you want to watch, find out where that book is, just uh, go back and rewatch the show. Thank you again, Dr. Steve. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single episode. And remember that it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast. You can use our Venmo at RJD Pro, or you can visit us at AmberLive.tv and look for the Support Amber Live button. Live from the House of Lemay Makeup and Dressing Room. Here comes Amber. Stop what you're doing. Here comes Amber. She's just doing what she can. Here comes Amber. Cue the spotlight. Here comes Amber with two drinks in her hand. The matriarch of fashion, secret sewer glasses, you can't look away. Ask her, does she do it? There's really nothing to it. She's got that sound on it, yay! If you have a party, or if you're feeling naughty, call up the house of the maid. Here comes your favorite gal. Here comes your 